Merry Christmas on WAJR and Merry Christmas from the WVU FCA. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday and uh, we take a little bit of a break from the traditional Christmas music on WAJR to present our Sunday morning programming. We are glad you are with us and Kirby Myers, campus director of the WVU FCA, is with us and he has a special Christmas message. Thank you, Kyle. Merry Christmas to Merry you Christmas. and your family. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas to all of you listening. And um, I hope we've already opened presents. I would hate for your kids to have to wait on me. But uh, we're going to look at uh, a great passage of Scripture this morning in Luke chapter 1 and look at the Great One who is Jesus Christ. And so let me read from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 33. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Well, many of us are gathering together on this Christmas day with our families, and I'm sure many of you sit down and read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2, and rightly so. But we cannot forget the important events that are detailed in Luke 1, and that is our text for today. I just read verses 26 to 33. The heart of my message will be in verses 32 to 33, but we need to look at the setting and the background before we get there. Verse 26, now in the sixth month. This is a reference to Elizabeth, the wife of Zacharias, the soon-to-be mother of a child named John, John the Baptist. Verse 24, Elizabeth became pregnant, She was in seclusion for five months, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to the city of Nazareth. Now, of all the angels in Holy Scripture, only two are named, and those two are Michael and Gabriel. Gabriel was sent by God to Nazareth, which was east of the Mediterranean Sea, west of the Sea of Galilee, and about 60 miles straight north of Jerusalem. Verse 27, Gabriel was sent to a specific place. He was sent to a specific person, to a virgin. Isaiah had prophesied of this long before. You've heard this verse in this month, no doubt. Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Both Matthew and Luke show its fulfillment. A son was born to a virgin. And this is an essential element in this miraculous conception by the Holy Spirit, an element that is essential to Christianity, the virgin birth of Jesus. The Christian faith is meaningless without it. If Christ was not born of a virgin, if he was conceived by sinful man, then he was born with original sin, and he would be in need of redemption. He would not be our perfect, our perfect sacrifice on the cross. He would not be pleasing to the Father. 
and we would still be in our sins with no hope of salvation, and today would be a very dreary day. Verse 27 talks about a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, and you probably know this by now, but uh, the word engagement was a betrothal period. It was the first stage of marriage in the Jewish culture. This usually lasted for one year before the wedding day, and the bride would live with her parents. The groom would live with with his. There was a legal agreement between the two families that was not easily broken, and much like a divorce whenever it was. The virgin was betrothed to a man named Joseph, a physical descendant of David, as we read in Matthew chapter 1, literally of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The Greek is Miriam. And in verse 28, when we see Mary's encounter with Gabriel, and coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Favored one, woman richly blessed, literally means here full of grace or endued with grace. And we have to be very careful here. Mary has not done anything to deserve grace. Grace, in essence, means that I get something that I do not deserve. This is a woman richly blessed of God, a woman much graced by God, a recipient of grace, but not a dispenser of grace. And this is all according to God's good pleasure alone. Not because of anything she had done, the Lord chose this young girl to bear the Messiah simply because it pleased him to do so. The Lord is with you. The Lord had chosen her for a very specific purpose. Verse 29, but she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. Greetings, favored one. Hello, woman blessed of God. (laughs) This was not something you heard every day. And it was not every day that a young girl would receive a visit from an angel. Mary is a teenage girl, and when the angel appears to Zacharias in the temple, that is the first angel to appear in 500 years. This was extraordinary. This was fascinating. And therefore, Mary did not understand. She was perplexed. She was surprised. She was shocked. And she was afraid. And if this had happened to you or me, wouldn't we be the same? But in verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Well, this must have brought her great peace. The angel called her by name, Miriam. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Again, because it pleased God to show her favor. And now we come to verses 31 to 33. There are seven prophecies found in these three verses, all of which have, been, who have, which have been fulfilled. In verse 31, And behold, you will conceive in your womb. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was not Joseph's physical offspring. Matthew 1.18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, She was found to be a child by the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, and bear a son. 
Luke 2, 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Again in verse 31, You shall call his name Jesus. And we see in Matthew 1, 24 and 25 that Joseph awoke from his sleep and did just as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. All of these prophecies have been fulfilled. Christ really was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Christ really was born and lived and walked this earth and he really was given the name Jesus. It's not just a story that we tell once a year in the month of December. It is a historical event, an event that we base our faith upon, the advent of our Lord. There are four more prophecies here in verses 32 to 33. Two have been fulfilled, and two have to do with his second coming. What I really want to focus on with you today on this Christmas day is this, what the angel tells Mary about her child that will be born. This child is a gift from God. It is conceived by the Holy Spirit. It is God in the flesh. But it is also her child. She will carry him. She will deliver him. She will nurture him. She will care for him. And then one day, she will release him. You know, when you are having a baby, you often get an ultrasound and you get to see the baby and If you want to, most times you can find out if you're having a boy or a girl. From the ultrasound, you learn about the baby's development. Now, the scripture does not say here, but I'm pretty sure that Mary did not have an ultrasound. She already knew that she was having a boy anyway. She found this out whether they wanted to wait to find out or not. Now, Mary and Joseph had to have had some fun with others, knowing for sure by the testimony of the angel Gabriel An angel was a messenger of God. This angel was sent by God himself and told her that she would indeed have a son. I just wonder if if they had friends that, you know, came up to Mary and and the way that she was carrying the baby, you know, they would say, ah, you're going to have a girl. (laughs) Mary and Joseph would have had to laugh knowing that the Lord was going to give them a son. But even though she did not have an ultrasound, she was able to find out some things about her son before he was ever born. And today I want to look at four things that Mary learned about her baby boy. Four things that Mary learned about her baby boy. Number one, she learned about his character. She learned about his character. Look at verse 32. He will be great. This adjective does not seem strong enough. There had to be a better choice of words to describe Jesus. And so when I studied this out for the first time, I thought, well, maybe this is a poor translation. But the New American Standard translates this word Greek, or great, the NIV, great, the New King James, great, the RSV, great. I thought, well, maybe all the translators missed it. But the Greek word means, the Greek word is mega, and it means giant or large, great. When I studied this in scripture for the first time and learned this, that the son born to Mary would be great, then I thought that perhaps we use the word great too often, uh, flippantly, for common things. Wow, that was a great game. Oh, that was great dessert tonight. Ah, that was great coffee, the best in Morgantown. Or that was great singing this morning by the congregation. 
Wayne Gretzky, the hockey player, was known as the great one. I thought that maybe this Greek word would only be found in verse 32, but it was not. In fact, this word appears 13 times in the New Testament. It describes the great storm on the Sea of Galilee that was calmed by Jesus, the great earthquake at the crucifixion of Jesus, the large rock, the great rock that sealed the tomb where Jesus was buried. This word is used of people. We see this word in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 5.19. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. This adjective is only attributed to two specific people in the New Testament, Jesus in John 32, or verse 32, and John in verse 15. Luke 1, 15, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. John was indeed a great man. In Luke 7, 28, Jesus says, I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. John paved the way for the Messiah. He prepared the people for the coming of Christ. He was filled with the Holy Spirit while in his mother's womb. I've always wondered, what did that look like, or what would that look like on an ultrasound? John was great. Jesus says so himself. But John himself said this in regard to Christ in John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. Another way to translate this in the NIV, he must become greater, I must become less. It was said of John that he would be great in the sight of the Lord, and John was great. The angel said to Mary, he will be great. And he was great, he is great, and he will always be great. Jesus was great. And here we see the fuller meaning of what it means to be great. It describes who he is, his character. We sing about his greatness. Great is the Lord, how great thou art, how great is our God and our great Savior. And that greatness will be seen in the lofty title, that is assigned to him, and that's the second thing that Mary learned about her baby. She learned about his name. Verse 32, he will be called the Son of the Most High. There's a vast difference between Jesus and John. John was not born of a virgin. John was not conceived by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, unlike John, was not born with original sin. Luke 1.76, and you child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways. That is spoken of John. Jesus, however, will be called the Son of the Most High. John was a prophet who prepared the way for the Messiah, but Jesus is the prophet who is spoken of in Deuteronomy 13. To be called the Son of the Most High is to be equal with the Lord Most High. The very nature of and being is revealed in his name. It indicates who he is. It reveals that this child, Jesus, would be God incarnate, God in the flesh, God in bodily form. Matthew one twenty three. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, 
which translated means God with us. Verse 31, you shall call his name Jesus. They could not pick out a name. His name was chosen by God himself. You know, when you name a child, I know that uh, with my three boys, my wife and I, we really thought hard and prayed about what we would name our boys. And often the name of the baby has significance. Perhaps it's a family name or the name of a friend or a historical figure. Well, this baby's name would have significance. He would be named after his father, the Lord, Yahweh. Jesus, Yeshua, means Yahweh or the Lord saves. Matthew one twenty one, my favorite verse around this time of year and Christmas. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So son of the Most High is equal to the Lord Most High. And this in the Old Testament is that great word, El Elyon. To be called is an idiomatic expression for to be. In other words, the angel says to Mary, he will be the Lord Most High in human form, God with us. And the teaching of the New Testament is that the Son is equal to the Father. He is equal to the Father in essence and in nature. Hebrews 1.3 says, And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. This is the one of whom Paul said in Colossians 1.19, For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. Colossians 2.9, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And as we continue our journey through the Gospel of John, we will see over and over that Jesus is equal to the Father. John 10.30 being one of those where Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And the Jews knew exactly what he meant because they picked up stones to throw at him and kill him. But this is who Jesus was, God in the flesh, God in the manger. The angel said to Mary, this is who your child will be, the promised Messiah. The Jews understood that the promised Messiah would be God. And Mary would have understood this when she was told that her son would be called son or the son of the Most High. Well, we see that Jesus was given a great name, a significant name. There is no other name by which we must be saved in Acts 4.12. And it is the name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, Philippians 2, 10 and 11. So Mary learned about his character. Mary learned about his name. Thirdly, she learned about his authority. Verse 32, And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Jesus receives all authority to the throne from heaven. He has been granted authority by the Father. If you think about the Great Commission, when Jesus gets with his disciples that final time before ascending back to heaven, he tells them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And that authority comes from God in heaven. God was pleased with the birth and the coming of Jesus God was pleased with Jesus at the beginning of his earthly ministry. 
God was pleased with Jesus at his baptism when he said from heaven, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And it will please God to give his son the throne of his father David. This has not yet taken place. This is unfulfilled prophecy. The Jews who were living during the time of Christ hoped that this would take place in their lifetime. They looked for a political and a militant king who would end the oppression that they faced from the Romans. They wanted Jesus to take the throne by force. But no man will give Messiah the throne of David. Gabriel, the angel, tells Mary, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. It will come from the hand and the authority of the Father himself. Jesus has rights to the throne. In the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew's genealogy traces his lineage all the way back to David. Matthew 1.1 says, The record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David. Jesus was David's physical descendant through Mary's line from the tribe of Judah, and Jesus is known as the Lion of Judah. In 2 Samuel 7, when God makes that covenant with David, we read in verse 12, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. And we know this to be a reference to the Messiah, Christ himself, Jesus, fit for the throne worthy to be king. Jesus will be king, that day is coming, and the government will indeed rest on his shoulders. He will rule the nations of the world, and all of us who know him as Lord and Savior will rule with him. That is exciting. So Mary here, as she encounters the angel Gabriel, learns about his character, that he would be great. She learns about his name, that he will be the son of the Most High. She learns about his authority, that he has rights to the throne. And fourthly, she learned about his rule. Verse 33, And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Currently, right now, here at the end of 2022, God rules. He governs. He is sovereign over all creation. He is in absolute control of all things. As R.C. Sproul used to say, there's not one maverick molecule outside of the sovereign hand of God. The Bible says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. We read that in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. And in him all things consist, Colossians 1, 17. But one day, Jesus Christ will reign. He will literally reign on the earth from the throne of David and over the house of Jacob. I take that as literally as it can be taken, that Jesus will be king over all the earth. He will rule and all the nations will bow down. All the world will know that there is one king and his name is Jesus. Again, back to Isaiah Chapter 9, another verse we hear this time of year, verse 7. And again, remember that Isaiah wrote 700 years before the coming of Christ. 
Isaiah 9-7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Luke chapter 2 is a wonderful passage that we read at this time of year as we think about the Christmas story and all that was involved with the angels announcing his birth and the, sh- the shepherds and, and uh, the wise men who would start their journey and arrive two years later at the house. But don't forget about Luke 1, about what Mary learns about her son. The angel told Mary that her son would be great, and he was, and he is. He is our great Savior. The angel told Mary that he would be called Son of the Most High. Jesus is God incarnate. That name, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, Yeshua, whose name means the Lord is salvation or Yahweh saves. That is his name. And if we are in Christ today, we know that he has saved us from our sins. Call him Jesus, the angel tells Mary, for he will save his people from their sins. The angel told Mary that he would be a king, that the Lord God of Israel would give him the throne of David. Jesus gets his authority from heaven. This was no ordinary child. You know, not not an extraordinary birth. When we think about everything involved and shepherds and no room in the end, and lying him in a manger or a feeding trough, but he was an extraordinary child. And the angel told Mary that this child would reign, and that he would reign forever, and that his kingdom would have no end. Think about that. The kingdom of God will never come to an end. We sing about that when we sing Amazing Grace. Grace, when we've been there, talking about heaven, When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing his praise than when we first begun. Jesus will reign forever. Someone said, Jesus will reign forever and a day. And that is a very long time. Jesus was born. He grew up as a child. He lived a sinless life. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted, but he did not sin, not one time. Therefore, he is our perfect lamb. He is our spotless lamb. God was pleased to crush his son because his son was the substitution for us. And Jesus died, and he went to a cross, and he willingly and voluntarily gave his life for us, dying as a sacrifice, the sacrificial atonement, the substitutionary atonement, Um, Jesus dying in our place for our sins instead of us and in our stead. He was buried, but on the third day, we know and believe that he rose triumphantly from the grave, and then he was on the earth for another 40 days, making appearances to his disciples, to the women, to others, to 500 believers at one time. But then the day came that he would ascend back to heaven, And he is coming back, and this time he's coming back to stay, and he is coming back to rule and to reign 
over all the earth. Father, we thank you for this Jesus. He is the great one. And we're thankful that on this day we can celebrate his birth and know that it doesn't stop there, that he would grow up and live a perfect life and die a sacrificial death, that we might be forgiven, that we might be brought back to God and have eternal life. Lord, may that message be in our hearts this Christmas and as we move into a new year in 2023. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And our uh, Christmas Day message from the WVUFCA, and we appreciate it. Kirby, thank, thank you, you sir. for coming in. Again, go to the website, WVUFCA. Learn more about the organization you can uh, give financially if that is what is laid upon your heart as well. Again, WVUFCA.org. And uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. And this is a special Christmas Day, Sunday morning on WAJR.